up, bros? Welcome to the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we are a couple of sick bros. (laughs) 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 We just cannot catch a break. (laughs) Or at least I can. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's more so Caleb. Literally, poor guy had like COVID less than a month ago, and now he's already got another cold. Yeah, I don't think it's COVID, though. So, God. But it finally but, hit me. But yeah, finally got you. Luckily, oh. it wasn't. I I don't think it was me that gave it to you. So no, dude, I'm pretty sure it was someone at work. Fair. So anyway, <laughs> we got, we're a couple of sick bros that love to watch and critique movies. But that's all enjoy- we can do right now. Yeah. Right. Um. But also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life. Uh, this week on the podcast in 4K Spotlight, we have a, a new movie coming out. Um, obviously, that's kind of what's 4K Spotlight's for. <laughs> anyway, uh, I know. I, this is going to be an interesting episode. Okay. <laughs> um, and through the wall, we have some gameplay footage for a new game that we are both super excited to play. Spent way too much pre-ordering on. Yeah. And then we also got a trailer for a cool Netflix series, which I thought was worth talking about. Like, I know we don't, like, discuss TV shows that much on this show. Like, other than, like, Marvel-related. But this one just seemed, like, so much fun, and I just kind of wanted to bring... Like, I don't think it's getting enough attention. (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely agree with you on that one. I mean, hell, I just heard about it from him, so yeah, you can definitely tell it's not getting enough attention. Yeah, so. And then, after that, we will be breaking down Encanto. What a movie. What a movie. Oh my gosh, can't wait to talk about it. Yes. But with that, let's say we get into the episode. Let's do it. Hey guys, I'm Crash, host of the podcast Crash and Taz's Movie Seller. On our show, me and my co-host pick a new movie each week and rate each movie on a few categories that we think are important to making a great movie. After we rate the movie, it gets a final rating, and that lands it somewhere on our seller scale, where it will get labeled as either a well, premium, or a top shelf film. Catch us on platforms like Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and more. And don't forget to follow us on social media. On Instagram, as Crash and Taz's Movie Seller. It's Crash, the letter N, Taz Movie Seller, with underscores in between each word. And on Facebook, Crash and Taz Movie Seller. Uh, where you, as a listener, can suggest movies for us to rate. And also give us some constructive criticism to make the show more entertaining. Overall, don't forget to follow or subscribe and rate and review us. And get ready for an entertaining show with us. See you guys then. Dude, I've been playing a bit of catch up on on his show, just because I was down and out for a little bit. Yeah. But I immediately, after it got released, listened to his Spider Man No Way Home episode <laughs> because I was gonna rip him a new asshole if he did not give all tens to the movie like he did for ours. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if he even critiques this a little bit, I will throw a bitch fit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was waiting for him to hit 
hit me up with like a, a 9.9 or something like that. I'm like, no, it's if it's not all 10s, I will be throwing a fit. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, spoiler alert, he did. So Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, getting into 4K Spotlight, we have a new release this week. Rose, do you want to talk about this one? I would love to. Um, so this week on 4K Spotlight, we got Ghostbusters Afterlife coming to 4K. Um, sound like you said <clears throat> Ghostbuster. Wait, what? I said it kind of sounded like you said Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's the ripoff in uh, Russia, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> um. So this unfortunately isn't getting like any store exclusives, um, which is like kind of bullshit. It's not getting a steelbook or anything. So, but it is getting a Ghostbusters Ultimate Collection box set that comes with, of course, Ghostbusters One, Two, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. And just because Paul Feig kind of threw a bitch fit, um, saying that his movie is considered in the Ghostbusters, you know, franchise, but yet. Okay, someone on YouTube explained this very well. They only have to put his movie in if it's called Ghostbusters The Complete Collection. If it's called Ghostbusters The Ultimate Collection, which it's called, they can just include the first two and this third film, Afterlife. They can just push 2016 aside, like I know a lot of fans would like to do. But because Paul Feig, Paul Feig, however the hell you say his last name, um... Through a bitch fit on Twitter, uh, they decided to, um, and I don't know if this was the plan all along, um, but they are including Ghostbusters 2016 or Ghostbusters Answer the Call um, as they're doing like a digital download of it. So it's not getting a physical disc in the box set, it's only getting a digital download code. Freaking good. Like, <laughs> that doesn't deserve an, another physical copy. <laughs> <laughs> um so as far as i know pre-orders of this have already actually sold out um oh, it damn. was wait what i said damn yeah um both best i haven't seen target carrying it but i know best buy and amazon have i pre-ordered mine from amazon months ago when this was first announced shocker <laughs> um 100 bucks later but i feel it I feel it's worth it. It was originally when I first pre-ordered, it was like 130 bucks. But shit. then they Yeah, but then it got marked down to 100. So I'm like, thank god. I can more so justify 100 bucks. Um, but from the looks of it, you actually get like a lot of cool um uh like add-ons and all that fun stuff. So I'm really excited for this box set. Um because, yeah, better justify. You know what it's sad is, knowing me, I'm probably just going to buy Ghostbusters Afterlife separately, 4K, just because I don't know if I even want to open this box set. I don't know. I might just keep it as collector and not open it. I mean, that's fair. Like, just for collector's purposes, like, that's, yeah. that's totally fair. Okay. Thank you for justifying my decisions. <laughs> um... See, I don't, I don't know if it's going to come back into, into stock. If it does, I definitely recommend you guys pick it up because this looks like an awesome set for um, big Ghostbusters fans. So, like you said, it includes 1, 2, and Afterlife and then a digital download code to 
Ghostbusters answer the call for anyone that actually likes that movie. That was mean. There's probably not a lot of people that I, do like that movie. Yeah. Um, At least not there, like true fans of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like anyone um, who likes that has never seen another Ghostbusters. <laughs> speaking of that, if you've never seen the original Ghostbusters, I'm sorry. I don't think you're human. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, um, but actually, there is another uh new release coming out this week as well, and that is Clifford the Big Red Dog. Did anyone actually go see this movie? <laughs> actually, it did have a pretty good box office, so people uh, people did. I actually watched it the other day. <laughs> Dude, me too. It wasn't that bad. It was I don't know. It was like. I mean, it was bad, but, you know, it was, it was innocent. I'm trying to think of, like, what movie I would compare it to. It's 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 tough, because, like, I know exactly what formula... The, oh, my gosh, I can't talk worth a shit. I know what formula they followed. Yeah. I just can't, like, think of the name. It kind of gave me, like... Maybe Curious George vibes? Oh, yeah, I can agree with that. Which I know Curious George and Clifford are pretty much on the same like network. Yeah, or, I'm oh! pretty sure. That... Now I know. Um, <sighs> Bedtime Stories. That's yes. the vibe it gave me. Yes, I would absolutely agree with that. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it, it's really not that bad. If you guys have Paramount Plus, like check it out. It's if especially if you have kids, I think they'd enjoy it. Um, I will admit though, when he like is first introduced as like a little puppy, the CGI is so bad. It's god awful. But when he actually I mean, becomes, it like wasn't a, any worse than when he was big. I it just disagree. stood out more I think, when he was small. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Because yeah, when he's actually big, it doesn't look half bad. At least to me, it didn't. Okay, you um, want to know he's... why I think it stood out so much when he was small, but not when he was big? Why? Because I think, like, subconsciously, you know that, like, what puppies look like when they're small. Like, you have, like, an actual, like, real-world um, comparison. And so, when it's not moving realistically, or it's doing, like, weird shit, it stands out more than when he's big, because when he's big, you don't have a reference for a freaking 10-foot freaking dog. That's what you think. I'm just <laughs> but yeah, it was... You've never heard of Bifford, the big blue dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't, like, great either. It it wasn't the worst like children's book to movie adaptation. It doesn't disgrace the source material. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's just fine. Yeah, I I would definitely agree with that. That's like the biggest thing that I always ask when they adapt like a children's book that I used to read as a kid. It's just like okay, the only thing that I ask. I know this isn't for my age demographic now, but just don't disgrace the source material because. Clifford was the shit when I was a kid, and I read those a lot. I actually didn't know it was based off of a book for a really long time. 
That makes me sad. Yeah. But anyway, move, yeah. moving, moving. Yeah, moving on. on. Those are the two to... releases. <laughs> moving on to Through the Wall. Uh, we got a new... I kind of feel like it was a surprise trailer. It was a surprise, like a surprise yeah. gameplay trailer, because it felt like it came out of nowhere. That like I don't feel like I saw any announcements about this or anything. No, because literally every single time I would go check to see what the release date actually is for this game, it was announcing like the end of this year. So it was like saying December thirty first, two thousand twenty two. I'm like, okay, well you know I guess a nice birthday present to me, but it sucks that we have to wait that long. Yeah. Ooh, almost had a sneeze there. <laughs> oh, I was like, wait, was I supposed to pick up from there too? Nope. <laughs> I didn't have anything else to say. <laughs> I just needed to take a second there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we got a trailer, our gameplay trailer for the Skywalker, or Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. And I am genuinely beyond impressed with what we got. <laughs> Or with, yeah. and with what we're getting, like Seriously, holy shit, this like um, I I can already tell this is gonna be the best Lego game to date. It's, I think it's gonna be like maybe a tough sell with the new gameplay. Okay, fair. I think that might be a little bit like eh, like hesitant, but everything else looks incredible yeah the graphics look incredible dude dude. like the way that we we were talking about it in the past was it was always like a a remastering of all the games and then including episode eight and nine but this is a complete overhaul yeah like new new game or new uh New game mechanics, new, new everything. They are just they it, they started from the ground up and built something awesome. Like comparing how uh, they showcased uh, Obi Wan and Anakin's battle is in Episode Three, in this one compared to how it was in the first Lego Star Wars, it's night and day. Like oh my god, dude, it looks so good. Like, oh my gosh. And just the, like, the the other mechanic, like, the only mechanic that I'm kind of worried about is what's multiplayer going to look like. That's fair. Yeah, that, that that's fair. Like, if they even have, actually, I'm going to look that up real fast. Like, see if they even, like, include that information. Because it, it I mean, I won't be upset. I'll be like a little bit bummed out if they don't have multiplayer for this. That'd be kind of dumb, considering every Lego game before them has had it. Yeah, and that's kind of like one of those appeals about it too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, gotta see the GameStop version or look it up on GameStop. It doesn't say. That's weird. At least not on GameStop. Okay, there is going to be a local co-op gameplay. Okay. What's up in the air, however, is an online co-op. 
So that okay. actually like makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. But this is like super exciting. Like they've have so many different like game mechanics to this now where you unlock where with different characters you can unlock uh like basically upgrade characters, give them different abilities that will help you unlock different things throughout the game. Um everything kind of it kind of seems more like a um I'm trying to like I'm trying to like think of how to like explain the gameplay, but like it's like a a better it's it's more like a third person view like but that's I don't know how to explain like you 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 kind of get what I'm talking about, right? No, yeah, like I, the no, the view from you. it's like Imagine like any other Star Wars or Lego Star Wars game or just any Lego game in general. They kind of have like the minifigure in a third person view, but it's kind of like set far away. In this, it seems like it's like they zoomed up a little bit closer to them, which seems nice. They have some really cool battle mechanics that I saw um, when it comes to like lightsabers or blasters or any of that fun stuff. I'm excited to see all that in action, but what I'm really pumped for is the free roam aspect. Like, did you see the the free roam stuff? Yes, I did. There were, like, a bunch of different planets that you can go to. Yeah. And when when you're traveling to those planets, you jump into a ship, go into, like, hyperspace... And, like, fly your way over there, which I'm assuming being in hyperspace is just going to be the loading menu. And then when you get to that planet, there's, a like, a, a I forget what the percentage chance, like, but there's just some odds that you're going to end up in, like, a, a Lego starf, or like, a, a dogfight before you're able to, like, enter the planet. And so you, like, have to defeat all the people, and then you can, like fly straight down into the planet and then it will be like you can land and everything and free roam on that planet that concept is so cool yeah it it really is and did you see the freaking or did you hear the freaking numbers of how many playable characters there are in this Mm -mm. over 300 holy shit yeah wow dude this game is going to be massive in scale to any other star wars like even if we had like a situation like um i don't even like okay maybe like uh dc superheroes 3 where you had multiple planets that you can go to but you like you only travel in like the circle of the the planet. Even if we only had a situation like that, I hope we don't have like the circular planet because those became really hard to navigate. I never played Lego Batman three, so yeah, it 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 was really hard. You were flying around a globe, and it became really difficult to do stuff. Oh yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, and they yeah, it was. Not good. It was not good. <laughs> as long as we don't have that, but maybe the scale of the the planets is the same, where maybe, like, 
where they just have like bigger planets that you can go explore and go do stuff like that. That seems way more interesting to me than anything else that they could do. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, but I am excited about the possibilities of this, and I haven't been into like Lego Star Wars games for a while. Oh yeah, dude. I I mean I I think I rented Lego Star Wars through the Clone Wars from Blockbuster back in the day, but I never actually really bought it and played through the whole thing. Um, but I do remember buying both the first and second, and just absolutely loving those. So I cannot wait to crack into this one. Yeah, this is going to be so freaking cool. And the biggest thing that was announced, I feel, was everyone was like, come on, they got to do it, they got to do it. They are doing it to where you can actually turn off them doing the voiceovers and you can bring back the old Lego, uh, what were they saying? Called mumbling. Mumble mode. Yeah, mumble mode. You can bring that back. And that is the greatest thing I feel. Um, was it uh, Traveler's Tales? Isn't that who makes the Lego games? Um, yes. Yeah. I feel that is the biggest, one of the biggest gifts that they can give to Lego fans that have been here since since the beginning. So, yeah, I am so excited for Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Dude, this is going to be so cool. It you can is. play all nine stories, like of the movies, at any, like starting with any trilogy that you want. I love that. You don't yeah. have to unlock them. Um, like you have to unlock the the movies, <laughs> or like well, like eight, yeah. like eight, nine, like so you can start with one, four, and, and seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, but like to like you can choose which trilogy you start with, which is great. Yeah, I love that. Um Yeah, I'm looking at the the GameStop features right now. They have over 300 playable characters. Wow. Um you can travel to 23 different planets. God damn. And there are going to be more than 100 vehicles to to collect. Wow. So you can jump to light speed in the Millennium Falcon. You can battle the First Order in X-Wings. You can pod race on Tatooine. Dude. Like, let's see. You can also join dogfights and defeat ships like the Super Star Destroyer. That can be boarded and explored. Oh my god. This... This is awesome. Like, this is insane, dude. Like, this is absolutely insane. Yeah, and then... So, if you pre-order... Or, not pre-order. If you... um, If you purchase the Deluxe Edition of this you get even more characters which is just holy shit um you get you'll get a mandalorian pack 
you'll get two Mandalorian packs. One from Season 1 and one from Season 2. You'll get Rogue One. That's like a character pack. You'll get a solo character pack. You'll get the Star Wars Bad Batch character pack. The classic characters from like the original games. That's so cool. And then you'll get like a, a, a trooper pack. And you're only spending 10 extra bucks for this. It's so worth it. Yeah, that's insane. That's like insane. So go pre-order, guys, if you want to. Yeah. I don't know if they'll, these will be available day one. I know we, I was talking about this earlier, but I it only says that the Trooper Pack will, will have day one access if you pre-order the game. So I do not know if you'll get the, the other packs day one, but you will get them, so... That's Either way, I'm most excited wild. about the Rogue One and Solo. So, I'm excited about the Mandalorian pack. Still need to finish that show. Oh my gosh, dude! And book of <laughs> book of Boba Fett is also freaking killer. That that's what I've heard. I heard a lot of people. Um, well, some people weren't the biggest fan of Episode Five because that, because that's what premiered today, right? Yeah. Because it's kind of like just like a, a setup for the Mandalorian season three. A little like Boba bit. Fett, Boba Fett kind of just like took a. He was like, he was like he, he wasn't even in the episode. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it was just it was seriously just the Mandalorian like all like the entire episode. And I'm like, what the okay, fuck? Okay, like I really like this show. Like I. Love the show. I feel like the show it has been getting a little bit of hate, at least from what I've seen, because I've everyone's seen like, too. "Oh, it's super boring," or it's like, "It's really slow." And I'm like, "Yeah," but it's giving you a lot of like Star Wars culture, and I really like that kind of stuff. So, like, I think it just adds to like a richness of characters yeah, we that, already yeah, are familiar awesome. with. Yeah. Um. So that's why I really like it, but I did not care for this episode. I'm like, you guys could have just made this a Mandalorian, like a surprise Mandalorian um, special or something. <laughs> I don't think any of us would have been mad about that. <laughs> but fair, fair enough. to throw it into the Boba Fett show and not have Boba Fett in it until like the very end. He, yes. Like he wasn't even in it. He was he wasn't even in it. He was he. When I say that, like, oh, you didn't have him until the end, it you did not mention the story that you, we've been following until the very end. Like, Ma what the Mandalorian the has been on his own freaking mission the entire time, like the entire episode, and then the end, like he comes back to like this dock on Tatooine and comes out and he's just like, oh, someone was asking for you. Oh, who? And then she like chick that's helping uh boba fett out comes around and she's just like i am like boba fett needs your help and he's like i'll be right there i got something to do first and then he's like cool and then the episode ends <laughs> like that's like seriously like the last like three minutes of the show oh <laughs> uh, okay uh, all right 
Like, as a Mandalorian episode, freaking dope. As a Boba Fett episode, not. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of new shows really quickly, have you watched any of uh, Peacemaker? No, not yet. Dude. Is it good? Oh, it's so good. Oh, I'm excited. So good. Dude, I remember, I, I was not the biggest fan of John Cena and the Suicide Squad. Like, his acting sometimes doesn't do it for me. He's proven me wrong in this show. He's really freaking good. So, dude, yeah, dude, check it out as soon as you can. It's so good. Okay. Yeah, I've been trying to make my way through. Like, I'm mid-season on a bunch of different shows. Oh. (laughs) So I'm trying to, like, finish those seasons up and then, like, start on. Because I like to just binge through everything. Yeah, that's fair. Because, yeah, yeah, starting tomorrow, there will be five episodes of Peacemaker on. I don't know how long the season's supposed to be. If I remember right, I think it's supposed to be, like, eight. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, five episodes isn't bad. No. Cool. Um, Anyway, getting back to the Star Wars. um, So far, there are only two pre-order bonuses. Um, the first one is from GameStop and they, like when you pre-order this, they'll give you a, a mini X-Wing kit for like Lego. So it's Can't just get like, it cause it's Lego Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Funny. And they're, it's kind of dumb cause they say it's a Poe Dameron's, but it, they're like his iconic X-Wing fighter from the Rise of Skywalker. And it does not look like that at all. <laughs> like, it just kind of looks like your basic everyday X-Wing. <laughs> um, the other pre-order bonus is if you go to, through Best Buy, um, you get a, a Steelbook cover for the movie. Or for the game. For the movie. And I think I'm starting to convert Caleb into at least video game Steelbooks, and I couldn't be more proud. That is the one thing that I did say. I was like, okay, like the still books are super cool, especially like I think I just got like a really good first one. <laughs> it's the Guardians one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um I can't remember, did you like the the Avengers one? That one was just like the Avengers A, right? Well, so no, so that was if you bought like the big big set. For the other steelbook, if you pre-ordered from Best Buy, it was the A on the back, and then it was um, the Avengers on the front. Uh, I'll have to send you a picture. Yeah. So, I, th- I, I, if I'm remembering right, I do think that I really like that one too. But I think it was just the, like, this one was just a really good first one for me to see in person. Because it was like a custom artwork of the Guardians. And it looks sick. (laughs) Um, So yeah, then I I was kind of sold on on Steelbooks. But like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what what happens. Um, But the Skywalker Saga Steelbook. Do you want to take a guess what it is? Wait, I already know what it is, though. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh. 
Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to no, ruin that for you. <laughs> yeah, so the Steelbook is just a, a giant Han Solo frozen in carbonite. <laughs> like what a Lego Han fun. Solo frozen in carbonite. What I appreciate, though, is it's um like Han Solo from like the original uh, Lego Star Wars 2. It's not how he's looking in this... Uh, the Skywalker saga. So, yeah, dude, appreciate do you, that. you remember that you were able to play as Han Solo and Carbonite? I do. <laughs> I thought that, that was, was so, so cool. Awesome. That was so awesome. Anyway, um, I don't know what the back of this looks like, but the front is, is awesome. I think the back is just literally the back of him. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Not even upset. I th- I feel it wouldn't have made sense if they would have done the back any other way. It would just look weird to me. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing that I think they could have done is just put the plain Star Wars logo on the back. That's but, fair. Like that's. I mean, they could always do that thing. on the inside. That's true. I mean, hell, they might actually have like Star Wars on the left, and then on the right it says "A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away." Yeah. I would actually love that. I think that is a perfect Star Wars steelbook right there. That or wait, no, true. actually flip those. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. The long time ago on the left and then the Star Wars logo on the right. Wow. Yeah. But that's super cool. So yes. I'm really happy about that. Um. So yeah, go get the, uh, the pre-orders, everyone. Yeah. Spend 75 bucks like me and Caleb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. My wallet still hurts. It's worth it, yeah. it's worth it, it's worth it. You gotta love spending money that you don't really have. <laughs> yeah. But At least for me, know. I just had I just hadn't been paid yet. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't been paid yet either, so I did have to dip into savings a little bit for that, but it's yeah. okay, it was worth it. We'll see. <laughs> Dude, it freaking better be worth it. I want to be kind of... If it, it better not be another Marvel's Avengers again. Oh my gosh. Absolutely not. Because that game like detracted me from pre-ordering games up until this game. This is yep. the first game Same here, man. Same yeah. here. Yeah. Same. <laughs> so it was the first game I've pre-ordered since 2020. Jeez. Alrighty. Uh, moving on to our last uh, bit of news. There's a new Netflix series coming out that looks super fun uh, called Murderville. Um, this is featuring Will Arnett, and he is playing a detective named Terry Seattle. And he is teaming up with a different celebrity guest every episode. But the catch is, the celebrity guest does not have a script. (laughs) So we are going to get to see the legitimate acting chops of some of our favorite celebrities. (sighs) Um, so like I said, we got Will Arnett playing Terry Seattle, um, and some of the guest, uh, 
some of the uh, the guest detectives, I guess, or assistants, are going to include Kumail Nanjiani, uh, Annie Murphy, who most people would recognize from Schitt's Creek. Uh, For a second, I thought you said Eddie Murphy. I'm like, wait, what? No, he Annie not- Murphy. <laughs> I was like, he was not in the trailer. I would have not. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got Sh- uh, Sharon Stone. Uh, Ken Jeong. Conan O'Brien. And Marshawn Lynch. So there's six. I think I named six. So yeah, six, six shows or six, six episodes, six special guests and and those are all six of them. I think I'm the most excited for Conan. I'm most excited for Kumel. That that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. Kumel and Conan Ken. since wait what? I said Kumel and Ken. Yeah, Ken I feel is my second, and then Kumal is my third. But on ever since Conan, you know, you know, ended his show, I've honestly, I've honestly missed seeing the guy. So I can't wait to see him back back on the big screen not big screen but back on my television <laughs> and guy's very funny so I'm, I'm excited to see his uh improv chops yeah. put to the test dude i'm excited because you see a lot of these these uh these celebrities like breaking character <laughs> dude, which is just hilarious dude freaking uh will arnett keeps adding co- to conan's like last name <laughs> like I think it's just like keep adding until Conan breaks. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, oh, my name's like Paul Eberstein Albert. Yeah, that's not even the actual name. Um, but yeah, literally it was just word after word after word. It was the longest middle name I've ever heard. <laughs> not middle name, last name. Yeah, but this seems like a super fun show. I felt like it was worth bringing up just because of the, the interesting concept oh yeah and the cast alone oh yeah like just not giving a lot like people acting in the show a script like this is either going to end up being like really dumb <laughs> and like super stupid or it's going to be hilarious and my i'm hoping hilarious yeah i'm hoping for the latter i really am yeah, so be sure to check that out. That comes out on February 3rd. Um, so that, that, yeah, just a few days after this episode gets released. Anyway, um, so I believe that is everything that we have in Through the Wall. So with that, let's say we move on to our headliner. Let's do it. For this week's headliner, we will be breaking down. Oh shit! Is this Pixar? No, it's not. This is Disney. We will yep. be breaking down Disney's newest animated <laughs> movie, 
Encanto. I love how I used to pause. Like, wait, <laughs> shit, is this Pixar? Because <laughs> I know if I said Pixar and it wasn't Pixar, you, you I would catch a world of shit for it. I would. <laughs> I really would. And for those that want to know, this is actually Walt Disney's 60th animated picture. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. But, all right. If you guys are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. And the eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal grade at the very end. Uh, And then all of that magic gets added up together, thrown into our magical algorithm, and then spits out a a letter grade for us to compare to other movies. Um, So... Without further ado, Rose is about to spoil the entire movie for you. So if you have not seen Encanto, do yourself a service and go check it out. Yeah. It is on Disney Plus. Like, you have no reason not to. (laughs) I mean, unless you don't have the subscription, that that would be your excuse. I mean, that's a pretty good reason, but still, like, you should have (laughs) Disney Plus. (laughs) Yeah. Because this movie deserves every viewing it can get. Because unfortunately, didn't have the biggest box office. But from what I've been told, it's definitely making up for it on Disney Plus. So thank goodness. That's interesting how that works. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, ooh, you mean child or people with children can watch a children's movie at home as many times as they want, which children tend to do. <laughs> you don't say. Like, dude, legit, Iris is three years old. We've already watched the movie, like, three or four times. I was about, I was about to ask that. How many times has Iris watched Encanto? Yeah, she's like, she, or what did I say? How old did I say she was? Three. <laughs> she is not three. She's not even two. <laughs> dude, how sick are you? You don't even know your own daughter's age. Yeah, I know, dude. I'm freaking, like, losing it. <laughs> Apparently, COVID brain's like a real thing. Yeah, no kidding, man. And like, it affects you like long after you've actually had it. So yeah, I've, I've just been losing my mind. <laughs> but oh, yeah, so she is not even two yet. And we've already watched the movie like three or four times. It's I insane. Love it. I love it. Like, shocker, Disney, that your movie did a little bit more popular during a global pandemic. Yeah, right. Anyway. All right. So, yeah, without further ado, reading with Rose, everyone. Yes, and I'm going to try my best to say these names how they should be said. But if they come out weird, I apologize. It's because, you know, COVID's a bitch. But I feel it should come out okay. All right. Forced by an armed conflict to flee her home, a young Alma Madigal loses her husband Pedro, but saves her triplet infant children, Julieta, Peppa, and Bruno. By a miracle, her candle attains magical qualities, blasts away their pursuers, and creates a sentient house, the casita for them to live in, along with a magical hidden town bordered by tall surrounding mountains and encanto. 
Fifty years later, the candle continues to burn, and the town thrives under its protection. The candle's magic grants superhuman abilities to each Madrigal child, which they use to serve the villagers. However, Bruno, vilified for his gift of pre 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 oh my god pre 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 precognition precognition thank you disappeared ten years earlier. Meanwhile, Mirabel, Julieta's youngest daughter, is treated differently for mysteriously not having received a gift. Peppa's youngest son, Antonio, is gifted with the ability to communicate with animals, and the family poses for a picture but neglects Mirabel. I don't know why. It feels like this is kind of skipping over his whole ceremony, but okay. Well, I mean, what would you have added to his ceremony? I don't know. Oh, no, I would have, like, definitely added the, how, uh, she still lives in, like, the nursery, and, you know, with him, with Antonio leaving, it's literally just her now. Everyone else has their own door. True. Which is very sad. <laughs> so it's sad. super sad. <laughs> it's freaking depressing, uh, dude. Like, this movie, like, hits you hard in the feels. It does. Um, she suddenly sees the casita cracking and the candle's flame flickering, but her warnings go unheeded when the casita appears undamaged to the others. She resolves to save the miracle's magic. The next day, she talks to her super-strong older sister, Luisa, who suggests that Bruno's room in a forbidden tower in the casita may hold clues to the phenomenon. There, Mirabel... Mir, Mirabel... Wow, discovers a cave and recovers pieces of a slab of opaque. Oh my god, opaque? I think that's how you say that word. Opaque, thank you. Emerald glass, which forms an image of herself being the cause of the failing magic. After Mirabel narrowly escapes the cave, Louisa discovers that her gift is weakening. Later that evening, Mirabel's oldest sister, Isabella who can make flowers grow at will, is scheduled to become engaged to neighbor Mariano Guzman. Mirabel's oldest cousin Dolores, who possesses superhuman hearing, blurts out that she overheard Mirabel talking with her father about Bruno's vision. The casita begins to crack again, causing everyone's powers to go haywire, ruining the night and Mariano's proposal when Peppa inadvertently conjures a downpour. This? Okay, hold up. Yeah. This I kind of have a a problem with, like saying that it caused everyone's powers to kind of go haywire. It that... only caused the shapeshift. Oh, shit, I need to pull up a dude Camilo list. How like because it, it didn't cause what? How do you forget Camilo? Okay, Camilo. <laughs> like it only caused his powers to go crazy and Luisa's. Like, did yeah. anyone else's powers go crazy? Uh, Isabella's did. Because, like, the flower, like, remember the flower uh, pops up from the ground and punches, uh, what's his name, Mariano in the face? Uh, okay. I'll give you that one. But did anyone else have, like, crazy surges? I, I don't think so. Well, yes, uh, Antonio, the all of the uh, animals start running out of his room yeah because he can't like communicate with him anymore okay that's true but isn't that technically the same thing like going their powers going haywire i mean that's not as going like crazy as 
All right. Fair enough. You got me. <laughs> All right. Who else we got? <laughs> I was going to try and justify it, but I can't. <laughs> the only one that I can justify is Dolores. Because I don't really think that hers was that affected. Yeah. I mean, now she just can't hear from far away. <laughs> isn't, isn't that really the only thing that's affected with Dolores? Yeah, pretty much. But, like, I guess she was the only one that was generally unaffected. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, whatever. <laughs> like, so... don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know you know what? You, you put up a good fight. But... <laughs> even that good of a fight. Isabel follows a rat. There she encounters Bruno, who reveals that his vision of Mirabel could have put her at odds with the family and potentially the townsfolk who relied on the magic for their everyday lives. So he broke the vision and went into hiding to protect her, concealing himself within the house walls so he could still be near them. At Mirabel's urging, he reluctantly conjures another vision, which shows the Casita's inevitable destruction and an image of Mirabel embracing a young woman whom, whom they identify as Isabella. Mirabel apologizes to Isabella and accidentally provokes a cathartic confession. Isabella does not want to marry Mariano and is burdened by her image of perfection. Mirabel uh, helps Isabella blossom into her true, imperfect self, and they embrace, seemingly strengthening the candle and healing the cracks. However, Alma sees the two of them with Isabella growing whatever she wants and accuses Mirabel of causing the family's misfortunes out of spite for not having a gift. Mirabel, Mirabel blames Alma for the immense pressure she imposes on the family. Their rising argument creates a fissure I think I said that right. Fissure that demolishes the casita, and despite her efforts to save it, the candle dies in Mirabel's hands, leaving all of the Madrigals powerless. While the family and several locals assess the damage, a guilt-ridden Mirabel leaves the town. After a few days of fruitless search, Alma finds a tearful Mirabel back at the river where Pedro where Pedro died. She explains how, in her determination to strengthen the magic, she ignored the toll it took on her family and finally takes responsibility for what happened. Finally beginning to understand her grandmother, Mirabel tells her that despite her flaws, she is the one who brought the family together. As they reconcile, Bruno appears and confronts Alma, but unexpectedly cheers her up with his return. They reunite with the Madrigals, and the townspeople arrive to help them rebuild the casita. When the house is finished, the Madrigals give Mirabel a gleaming doorknob with her as well as the family's initials on, initial on it. When she places it in the front door, the magic springs back to life, restoring the casita and all the family's gifts. The Madrigals pose for another family picture with Mirabel and Bruno included. Noise. I hope those accents were okay. I tried my best. Yeah, they were actually pretty good. Yes! <laughs> Alrighty. So, first up with story. Like, getting into, like, the story. and Whatever. You guys know what I'm trying to say. Um, I felt that this was a really 
solid story. Like I loved how they went through how they flowed through um the issues that all of the family members were having and how every family member was kind of having like a um their power just kind of revolved around some sort of burden that they were taking upon themselves like uh I'm assuming the birth order for Mirabelle and her sisters was Louisa was the oldest no actually no no Isabella is the uh, oldest interesting yeah Isabella it's said that Isabella is 21 Louisa is 19 and Mirabelle is 15 huh yeah Okay, I would have assumed they were a little bit older, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Mirabelle does not look 15. <laughs> no. Again, I probably would have gone 18, 19. <laughs> yeah, or at least 17. Yeah, like, bare minimum, I would have believed 17, but... Yeah. Whatever, like... <laughs> what do we know, right? <laughs> yeah, like, it kind of, like, when you when you tell me that she's 15 and still living in the nursery, I'm just like, oh, yeah, she's a child. <laughs> yeah. Um. Jeez, shit, like, how old was, was, what's his face? Um. Uh, oh, shit. Antonio, how old was Antonio? Uh, I like what's see. coming of age? Age. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, um, like if they say anything above seven, I'm going to be. He's five. Are <laughs> five? Yeah. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Okay. Because <laughs> um, Camilo is 15 and Dolores is 21. Okay. That makes sense to me. Yeah, but doesn't... I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the way that they're drawn, but Camilo definitely looks a lot younger than Mirabelle. He looks so much younger than Mirabelle. <laughs> <laughs> We'll we'll see how that we'll see how that affects anything moving <laughs> forward. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I don't know. I felt like the the flow was really good, and like uh, get like talk going back to what I was saying about like the um uh, the birth order. It's it's kind of interesting to see what kind of like trauma the the kids were kind of taking upon themselves and how it related to their gifts because at first glance it's just like oh like super cool abilities like um isabella can make flowers grow and like it just is like flawless perfection and luisa is super strong and uh, I think it was Dolores has the ability to control weather, but they're like tied to her emotions. No, that, no, and that's Peppa. That's Peppa. Shit! Like, yeah. which one's Dolores? Dolores is the one that can hear. Jeez, I need like, I'm looking at the cast list right now. I need like a freaking <laughs> picture. I need like a family tree. <laughs> I'm actually looking that up. An Encanto family tree. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. Okay, they have a, a really good one, but... doesn't say the names. It doesn't have the names. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Like, shit. <laughs> Whatever, I, I can work with this, <laughs> I think. Okay, alright. <laughs> but anyway, I... I just, I love how, like, just at, at first glance... All of their powers seem like really helpful to the community and seem like supernatural. But when you start to kind of deep dive into the characters themselves, you kind of start begin to understand what issues they have in regards to their abilities. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I feel that was definitely more. Um showcased with uh Mirabelle and her sisters you didn't really get to see that a lot with um uh oh my gosh Antonio um oh my god how am I forgetting his name already uh oh my god Camilo wow so Antonio Camilo and um Dolores I feel you didn't really get to see a lot from how they're um, gifts affected how they felt mentally. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess, well, actually, wait, no, like, well, I don't know, Dolores, the only thing that you really got to see her go through that was, like, a struggle was that with Bruno, when he would have, like, these visions, um, she was told that the man of her dreams would always be out of reach. She would never be able to live happily ever after. Yeah, but that's not really a, um, that wasn't really like a trauma in regards to her power, that, but yeah, it, that's it, true. it's not even like a trauma that they themselves have. It's a, it's like maybe even a role of the family. Yeah. That like, that you can like take from like with, uh, with Isabella, the, the golden child, the one that always feels like they have to be perfect all the time or, and then like Louisa, Louise is the one that takes all the family burden and carries that with them at all times, like the with super strong. Um, Dolores kind of just being—I don't really know how to tie her in because, like, her—it's super no, it, listening. It's—it's <laughs> it's honestly hard because, um, Mar, Mar, like Mirabelle and her sisters all get their own song explaining, you know, how, uh, what their struggles are, <laughs> whereas. Um, Felix the cousins and, uh, don't really get that. Yeah, Felix and Peppa's kids do not get numbers themselves. The only time that Camilo and... Uh... So yeah, Antonio never gets a chance to shine really in any of the songs. The only song that like um, uh, Camilo and um, Dolores get to shine, on, shine in are uh, We Don't Talk About Bruno. But other yeah. than that, they don't really get a lot of chances to shine in the songs. Yeah, but I mean, someone on tiktok pointed out that with uh Cam camilo his ability to shapeshift is kind of playing whatever role he feels he needs to play and not okay. really being his true self yeah and then like the t the two that i had a hard time like trying to figure out what their deal was was antonio and dolores 
And I'm like, yeah, I don't really know what you're like for. Like, I understand how, like, everyone in the community, how their powers help the community. Yeah. Or how everyone in the in the house, how their powers affect the community. Like, um, I don't know what, what Abuela's powers were, <laughs> if she had one. Because she had a special room, too. But it's, so it kind of, like, made me feel like she has a gift, but, like, not knowing what it is. <laughs> I always thought that her gift was just, like, being, like, the start of this all. Like, keeping the family together, which <sighs> she wasn't doing the best of the job, best of the right. job throughout the movie. <laughs> Um, like with Peppa, Peppa, is that her name? Peppa? Yeah, Peppa. Okay. Yeah, Peppa, um, her ability to control the weather with her emotions and being able to like bring water or bring sunshine or bring whatever to the community. Like that makes sense. Like that seems helpful. Uh, Bruno's ability to like tell the future seems pretty helpful. Um, Shit, what's his, her mom's name? Is that Julieta? Julieta? Yeah. Uh, Julieta Mirabelle's mom being able to heal people with her food. Like, all of those make sense to helping the community. Louisa being super strong, that, like, makes sense to helping the community. But Isabella being able to grow flowers, <laughs> I don't understand how that helps the community. <laughs> uh, Other than making know. it pretty, I guess. <laughs> when you're having a bad day, I don't know. Brighten it up with some flowers. Yeah, Antonio's ability to talk to animals. Like, I guess you could just tell the animals, like, hey, don't don't eat these crops or whatever so i guess that's somewhat helpful yeah camilo is a little bit on this special side because shape-shifting and he like the things that he was able to do was turn into like this of this baby's mother to like help soothe the baby which i'm like i mean it's kind of (laughs) helpful yeah and then when they're setting up for antonio's party um, he's able to turn into the guy that's hanging the sign and help him finish it. Yeah, so I mean, he could have just gotten another super tall person, but whatever. That that's, that's Dolores true. is super hearing. Like, what the hell does she do to help the community? <laughs> uh, I don't know. She can hear when the uh, town is gossiping about the Montregals. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's just some of those were just like a little funky but anyway oh I'll give I meant to bring up. it up too while I'm like talking about it um, so apparently some of the um, the artists on this movie were like took to Twitter or took to social media and were basically ratting out Disney <laughs> for the f- the fit that they were throwing over Luisa's character design. What? Yeah, they were like Disney was throwing a big old fit. Like, no, Luisa cannot look like that. Like super muscly and and all that. And they're like, no, like she can't. Like we like you guys you have to change her. And they were so insistent, like, no, we're not changing her. 
And Disney finally like gave in and was like, all right, fine, whatever. And started producing a shit ton of Isabella merch that is doing horribly because people want Louisa merch. <laughs> oh, oh, that is a huge bitch slap to Disney and I love it. I know, right? <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Kudos to the creators for sticking with their guns and sticking with their original character design. That's awesome. Yeah, but, like, it's so funny because, like, everyone's saying, like, yeah, Louisa is the most popular character that's not Mirabelle. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, why would they be pushing uh, Isabella merch when they should be pushing the main character of this? Yeah, well, they have Mirabelle merch. Oh, But, like, what they were doing was, like, making a real push for Isabella and Mirabelle. And then they just kind of, like, had all the other cousins off to the side a little bit. Like, basically all the other characters were off to the side, but they were doing a really strong push for Mirabelle and Isabella, thinking that those two were going to be the most popular. I didn't like Isabella until the end of this movie. (laughs) Do what? I didn't like Isabella until the end of this movie. I know, but it was just the fact that she's, like, pretty and perfect and and all that. That's why Disney thought that she was going to be, like, really popular. Yeah. And then... That it ended up being Mirabelle and Louisa. That makes were me so like happy. the the top like s- merch sellers. So that Disney is awesome. was like struggling to get enough <laughs> Louisa merch out. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I love it. Yeah, freaking awesome! Like I love when shit like that happens. Just like big old middle finger to Disney. <laughs> it really is. Like just let freaking artists do what they do. Yeah, seriously. Anyway, um, getting back to like the story, <laughs> I loved everything that you could take from this, like all of the the in depth look that you can take into the characters, and I love how the story flowed and kind of became. It kind of became a story of like of healing. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like, that. At least that's how I would describe it. Just a, a a story of healing. Yeah, I, I mean, I loved that. Um, the story strictly kept to the Madrigal's house and the um surrounding town of it. Uh, Mirabelle never had to venture off into the big open world to save. The miracle, it literally just stayed in this one area, and I loved that so much. Yeah, I loved that too. Like, I was kind of afraid. I'm like, oh, she's going to go explore the mountains of the Encanto. But no, she just goes to freaking Bruno's room, <laughs> which is like super big. Because like, well, remember, I think uh, like in the trailer, it looks like that, that she, that she leaves and goes to that. But no, yeah, the, the, she just goes into Bruno's room. That's why. Yeah, that, like, I loved that. Like, because it it makes sense. Like, how else are you going to fix a magic house? Like, the magic is centered around this freaking house. Like, you don't leave the house. (laughs) Like, I I loved that. I thought it worked so freaking well. I thought, I thought the whole thing with Bruno and not talking about Bruno and, like, that whole gag was incredibly done. 
Did you catch him like jamming out in the background? <laughs> Bri- Brielle showed showed it to me this she morning. <laughs> I love that so much. That was hilarious. Oh man. Kudos to the animators for putting in that little detail. That that was amazing. Yeah, but it was like this was just a, a really solid story that flowed really well. Helped you relate to the oh, yeah. characters, and you could relate with any of these characters, just yeah. depending on what family trauma you've taken with you. <laughs> yep. And yeah, like it just. It was nice to see, and also seeing that I have to like. I it's Latinx, Latinx. However you want to say that, the I I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the just that representation of that culture. Oh, okay. Like gotcha. it's the the they them version of saying that. Oh, okay. Right. I'm trying to be inclusive. <laughs> I think that's the word. <laughs> I think you're doing a great job. Yeah. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> like that's what I think it's called. Uh, but yeah, just that, just seeing that Latin culture represented and just the Colombian culture represented as well and like showing that there's not one color of latin people (laughs) yeah that was awesome yeah like just seeing all of those different representations telling this amazing story about family was just is great to watch it was so great to watch and it was like it was funny when it needed to be it didn't throw I felt like it. It this could have gotten super preachy. <laughs> that's fair. About that's like fair. family trauma and whatnot, and I don't think that's what people need. <laughs> I think people just need to understand, like, hey, just like accept the people in your family for who they are. <laughs> yeah. So I I loved this this story, and like I had so few issues with it. Same here. Where are you at? Sitting, I agree with every single thing that you said. I'm going to 95. A 95? Yeah. Ooh, damn. I might go a little bit lower. Not much. I think I'm. I think I'm going to be at 92. All right. Um, I thought it was really good. I think there were just like some minor, just some minor issues I I had, like very, very minor, like I'm trying to think of like improvements to the story that I would have made, Um, but it's hard to think of any because the story is just so well done. I think the only reason I'm going to dock is... I think some things might have gone on a bit longer than they needed to. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe more like gags than anything. But I'll I mean, give you I one. Swear, that I've watched I this feel... one like three or four times. 
I can think of one gag that I feel it's funny, but when you think about it, you're just like, that's kind of gross. Um, it's when they're all at the dinner table, and Camilo shapeshifts into uh, the guy that's going to propose to uh, Isabella, and does the kissy face to her, and she throws the flowers in his face. I don't know, just him. I get like he transforms into that guy, but still doing the kissy face at your cousin. I'm sorry, I ain't doing no Sweet Home Alabama and in Encanto. <laughs> so I don't think that's like Sweet Home Alabama. Like <laughs> when you when you're really close to your cousins, you kind of do give yourself give each other that level of shit. It's kind of like a sibling in a way. Okay. Like I was never close. Okay, yeah, I would do that probably with yeah, I would do that with my sister, but unfortunately, I don't think I ever got that close with my cousins. Yeah, like that's the situation because they all live together. Like, it's hard to, I feel like it would be really hard to not feel that sibling-like relationship. That's, okay, you know, fair enough. So, I think that's the, that's what I got out of it. I'm like, okay, it's just a bunch of kids living together, and this really immature one being like, ew. All right, I withdraw my, not skepticism, but my, um. I don't know, whatever the hell I'm just going to yeah. call it. If, I, if I'm docking for anything, it's just how every how it seemed like they were s- saying, like, oh, the family helps the community with their gifts. And I'm like, okay, but some of these abilities don't really help the community. <laughs> like Dolores is. Like, she was treated like any other member of the family, but her what? how was her gift helping the community? Literally, all it can help with is eavesdropping. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. It didn't help with, like, shit. Yeah. Like, unless she was just like, oh, I can hear people coming from outside the Encanto or whatever. But even then, it's just like, okay, what what use does that do? <laughs> so I think that's, like, the biggest one. Um, that's fair. If that was like the goal of the magic to help the community, because that's kind of what Abuela made it seem like it was going to be. Yeah, that's. So yeah, I'm. If anything, that's why I, why I'd be docking in just the occasional slow parts. All right. But other than that, like it was a really solid story. Uh, but that brings us to a 93.5. Moving on over to writing. Um, I feel this was really well written. I agree. I feel this was just as strong as the story. I wouldn't quite go that far. <laughs> Ooh, damn. All right. We're going um, to be throwing some fists here, guys. I'm just kidding. Gosh, I I have like that sickness brain, so it's hard for me to like think. Same, same. <laughs> uh, dude, I, I'm having that, and I literally watched this movie. Like, I finished, not finished, but I was watching this movie like 30 minutes before we started recording. I know. I freaking watched it this morning. <laughs> oh, but it's yeah. just like at the end, I was just like, "This is this is great." <laughs> <laughs> It's a great movie. That's, yeah. <laughs> I know. I need to stop watching the movies like right before because I have such a biased opinion or 
I feel like I have a stronger bias to fight against. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of especially when that it's a good too. movie like this. Like, I feel yeah. like if I if I leave it, like, let it set for a couple days and like really absorb it, I can come up with shit to bitch about. <laughs> but it's I mean, so hard this to from, with this. It one, is because I watched just... this for the first time like two weeks ago, and even from then to here, I'm I I would I still struggle to find things to bitch about because. A pretty rock solid story. Yeah. Like, I think my biggest issue with the writing was kind of when Louisa was losing her powers and just like constantly crying. I mean, I thought it was funny. It, it, was, it was funny, but it was, I think it just went on a little too long. Like, okay. for someone, like, she wasn't, for someone who is playing this role of the strong person in the family, and just constantly having these emotional breakdowns, <laughs> was just a bit much. Like, when she's asked to get the piano, and she's already crying at the table, I feel it would have probably been maybe a little better if she doesn't start crying until she can barely even move the piano. And then she starts bawling. Yeah, like just like give us that build up. Like it's just the constant crying was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it was really funny. And then I think another one that I had an issue with was um and this was actually part of the song, the We Don't Talk About Bruno. It was it wasn't until like Isabella was introduced. And then she's coming down, like talking about what her what Bruno said her life would be, comes down to the ground, and then she like stands up and then tells Mirabelle like, "Shut up! Like I don't want to hear anything out of you." And like that did. I tried looking at the lyrics because I had like subtitles on, but I'm like, what the hell did that have to do with anything? Like. Well, oh, because, you know, she's saying, I don't want to sound out of you because it's the night of her proposal. Yeah, but that's not what they were talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, but that was kind of working into it. Because, like, they're just like, oh, you know, uh, that I think the next part is uh, Camilo saying, oh, hey, your boyfriend's here. And then it leads into the dinner scene. I think that's why. <sighs> Hold on. I need to <laughs> <laughs> looking up the freaking lyrics <laughs> well that is less than helpful I freaking googled <laughs> what the shit I googled the we don't talk about Bruno the lyrics and it's in Roman what the hell <laughs> oh okay what the hell is that <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's a <laughs> Here's an English version. Okay, okay, so this is how it goes. She so it says like the he told me that the life of my dreams would be promised and someday be mine. He told me that my power would grow like the grapes that thrive on the vine. And then yeah, then uh what's his face says Mariano's on his way. Um, he t then Dolores, he told me that the man of my dreams would 
would be just out of reach, betrothed to, betrothed to another. It's like I hear him now. Isabel, I want not a, or hey sis, I want not a sound out of you. And then that's it. And then the rest of it's like, then the rest of the, the song is about Bruno. Like, there's no good reason for... I... Shit. Is there a good reason? <laughs> I mean, I feel that there is, but... I, I don't know. I felt like that just seemed, like, super bitchy and came out of nowhere. I mean, yeah, but she was already coming across as bitchy to um, Mirabelle. Yeah. So, I don't know. I that line did not fashion was a bit much, too. Because, like, she was just saying, like, telling Mirabelle, like, you're ruined my life. Like, freaking how? <laughs> like, we haven't seen, like, at least didn't, unless I'm, like, completely spacing this. I don't recall Mirabelle directly affecting Isabella in any way. Like, I don't f- feel like there was anything that, like, Isabella was trying to do that Mirabelle just like just ruined like on accident or otherwise none that I can think of off the top of my head but yeah I, like, I, I other think than it's... like like yeah there was like nothing that like directly affected her and it felt like Isabella had such anger and aggression towards Mirabelle when nothing she's done has like affected her in any way it's always kind of just affected the whole that whole family and so i feel like the whole family kind of has like a little bit of a bitterness but isabel or yeah isabella just kind of has like extra towards mirabelle and it's like i think it's because of her being built up to having to always be perfect um and mirabelle kind of getting in the way of that in that situation of her you know ruining her proposal and all that stuff. She's just like, hey, I'm But this was, to... like, pre-proposal. So, like, I understand, okay, like, that's, the... that's true. The aggression after. Yeah. It's just before. It feels like there is very strong aggression towards Mirabelle. That I, I don't feel is quite deserved. Or at least, if it is deserved, we don't see a good reason for why. I mean, it might just be because, I don't know, and like you said, yeah, it's not shown and it's not earned with how Isabella is, you know, perfect. She can, you know, create flowers at will, um, whereas, you know, Mirabelle never got a power, so she always thought that she was better than Mirabelle. So whenever she uh, got in her way, she's just like, um, you know, get out of here. She was kind of the bitchy big sister. Maybe. Hmm. Gosh, I'm going to have to watch this movie again, aren't I? <laughs> I think you do. That's, I mean, i got to watch it again, too. and No no problems with that. Yeah. But for me, it, it like that was a lot of the problem. And for a family that was super hard about doing service for the community... Mm-hmm. It felt like they were tr- really trying to exclude Mirabelle from helping the community. 
I don't know if that was the whole family's decision. It felt like it was more so Abuela, not right? Abuela? You feel like it was just like her? I don't know. It kind of really felt like that, but I don't know. At the same time, like <clears throat> Felix's family never really reached out to see if, hey, you know, Mirabelle, can you help us with this? And even um, Mirabelle's parents really didn't reach out and be like, uh, and I and I feel it was kind of like they were not like not like under Abuela's spell, but they felt if they stepped out of line and tried to do, tried to involve Mirabelle in some way then their uh, abuela would just be like, well, she she doesn't have a power, so she can't help in that way. Huh. It all goes back to abuela. Yeah. A lot of people were, like, just because I love how much you can, like, t- tear apart this movie just to, like, hyperanalyze it. Um, someone released, like, a TikTok discussing the the roles in a toxic household that each of the Encanto um, characters play. And they were classifying Abuela as the abuser. So like that completely makes sense for what you just said. Like if, if you, if you classify Abuela as the abuser in this household and everyone in the household is not wanting to upset abuela it would make sense that they kind of push mirabelle off to the side because of abuela's feelings about mirabelle i do appreciate though throughout well not throughout but there are moments when her parents actually like step up to abuela and say you've always been too hard on her I, I loved those parts where um, Mirabelle's parents actually stood up for her. Yeah, I loved that. Like, when her, especially, like, her dad. Like, her dad seemed completely unfazed that she had a Bruno vision. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, or at least that particular vision. And he's just, yeah. like, looks at it, doesn't even, like, have a oh my gosh like what is this he's just like freaking hide it like we cannot deal with this right now (laughs) which i i love that about the dad (laughs) yeah i loved how uh when um our boy was just like why didn't you tell me about what was happening and he actually just like stands up he's like i was doing what was best for my daughter yeah like that was a great father moment right there that was an amazing father moment. Like, so good. Like, so freaking good. Like, yeah, because it's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like his allegiance would be to his his family, his daughter. Like, he doesn't give a shit about what the, like, what anyone else thinks. Like, if it's going to affect his, his daughters, like, he's not going to have it. And I loved that. Yeah. Like, this is freaking great. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, just like the, the deep analysis you can go on this, like talking about like the, the traumas that everyone represents, the, the role 
in the toxic household that everyone represents or or just like a bunch of different like aspects that you can look into this movie about is so interesting and the like just the overall writing of this was I feel was really well crafted there was maybe a few lines here and there that I felt were a little bit wasted um and I wasn't the biggest fan of some of the lines that were in some of the songs not all of them but just like here and there interesting but, okay yeah so that's i'm kind of including the songs here just the 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 lyrics of the songs in on the writing oh for me then it's a hundred i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah for me me personally i think i'm going to go an 88 for the writing Okay. Just with all the, the little minor issues that I had. I will agree with you. You've definitely talked me down a little bit. Um, it, the, the writing does, uh, it is a little uh, worse than the story, but not by much. Um, so I'm going to go a 91. Nice. All right, moving on over to acting. We have... Stephanie Beatrice, who played or who voiced Mirabelle, uh, Maria Cecilia Botero, who voiced Abuela, John Leguizamo, who voiced Bruno, uh, Mauro Castillo, who voiced Felix, Jessica Darrow, who voiced Luisa, Angie Cepeda, who voiced Julieta. Carolina Gaitan, who voiced Peppa. Diane Guerrero, who voiced Isabella. Uh, Wilmer Valderrama, who voiced Augustine. Uh, Renzi Feliz, who voiced Camillo. Uh, Ravi Kabat Con Conyers, who voiced Antonio. Uh, Adasa, who voiced Dolores. Uh, Maluma, who voiced Mariano. Oh, wait. I didn't mean to include him. My bad. <laughs> anyway, Oops. that is the entire Madrigal, Madrigal family. Anyway. um, Alright, top... Top three. Uh, number one, I definitely gotta give it to Maribel. Amazing, great, one wonderful job. Um, <clears throat> two, I would actually give it to um, I would actually give it to Felix. I thought his voice really? actor did an amazing job. Yeah, I thought he did an amazing job. Um, interesting pick. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I loved his character. He was also a really good dad. I feel both of the dads in this movie were really good. They they were amazing. Yeah. Um, like I love that. Like I love their dynamic in the family, considering that they don't have abilities. Yeah. Like, and this is kind of maybe an another reason why I I feel like 
Mirabelle not having powers was, and the way that she was treated was so, felt so off because Felix and and Augustine, they didn't have powers. And it's like, I don't feel like they were treated like lesser family members. No, I, I mean, I So maybe don't. like, I'm wondering if it's just like Abuela not feeling like they're part of the group and not or i don't know like i'd love to like i, I dive into like abuela's th- relationship with them i think the way that it goes with that is abuela knows that hey they just married into the family so of course there's no way that they were going to have powers whereas mirabelle is an actual born daughter into the family she is the daughter of julieta so she should be able to have an ability you are absolutely correct huh okay i can see that i can definitely see that that, that, that's just the way that i look at it okay yeah i i can definitely get behind that 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 concept yeah um Um, one thing i sorry i'm sorry this is like no you're good i'm wondering like wondering how like dynamically the the bloodline works like there are like it's it's interesting because like the first generation of of people with powers was Bruno and his two sisters. Mm-hmm. Bruno was unmarried. His yes. so his two sisters were the ones that gave birth to the children with abilities. So I'm wondering like how would that work if Bruno got married? And had kids. Would his kids be like granted like an ability? I mean, they because should. Because it's it's hit. Well, because his wife doesn't have like, or his his wife wouldn't have an ability or wouldn't be given one. Yes. So would she be able to give birth to a child that doesn't have, or that would she be able to give birth to a child that has an ability? Or that doesn't have an ability. Like, it's it's interesting, because, like, the only, like, other two, like, because we know how it works with, like, the the women. Yeah. But we don't know how it works with, like, the men. That's... Because their wives don't have an ability. Like, like it's interesting. (laughs) Ideas for Encanto 2. I'm kidding. Yeah, maybe. Like, (laughs) that was just something I was thinking about, like... Wait, would Bruno's kids be able to get abilities? Because, <laughs> I mean, they'd still be part of the family tree. It's just... I don't know how that'd work. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Know. No, dude, uh, who's your, good. Who's your other <laughs> pick for your top three? Uh, oh, that's hard. Like, I had those two solid... Those rock... In, uh, those two locked in... Uh, mm, I don't know. I probably I I give it to Bruno John Locozamo. Yeah, that's that's a really good pick. What's funny about that is, uh, I think it was said that um Lin Manuel Miranda like really wrote the character of Bruno for him to voice him, but then Disney decided, oh no, we're gonna have John Locozamo voice him. 
What? Why? <laughs> I, I don't know. So I think Lynn manuel Miranda's kind of bitter about that. I'll be 100% real. I did not know that going into the first time, I did not know that John Leguizamo voiced Bruno. I I, I assumed it was going to be Lynn manuel But then when he was yeah, talking, I was just like, that doesn't sound like him. <laughs> like the like the voice the voice doesn't match like like John's voice does not match Bruno's face that that's fair i mean i i thought for the most part it did at least to me um but i feel that Lin Manuel Miranda's face probably or not face oh my god voice probably would have worked better yeah actually someone did a uh Someone who does like a really solid impersonation of <laughs> of uh, Lin Manuel did a a a deep cut of the of Bruno's song. Oh, that's awesome! And actually, like, did the the whole song as in character as Lin Manuel, and it actually sounded like way better. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I'll have to send it to you when yeah, dude, when we're done. Hear, I if I can that. find it again. <laughs> but that was like my big my big complaint with it like when he was singing like because i thought it was going to be lin-manuel and so yeah. i think that's maybe where i got thrown off because i was expecting him yeah as as was i but why would disney freaking do that like you're just paying like they like probably nothing against like john leguizamo but you're paying for the name <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the point. They wanted uh, a big name that they could slap on the poster, probably. Dude, freaking why? I don't know. Like, if you... I feel like Lin-Manuel's a, be- a better selling point than John Leguizamo. <laughs> what? Sid from the Ice Age isn't a huge selling point? Well... that He plays Sid, right? Yeah. Okay, but it's just like, what's what's the last? Okay, I'm gonna look up his IMDb. But what was the last thing you remember seeing John Leguizamo in? Besides Ice Age. Besides Ice Age. <laughs> the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Like, what's the okay? Encanto. So let's see what's like the last thing that. Everyone would have seen. Uh, he did a voice in The Mandalorian. Oh, okay. In one episode. <laughs> oh. So I'm I, probably not going to count that. <laughs> um, John Wick Chapter 2. He was in that. I've never seen any of the John Wick movies, so... And then before that was was Ice Age. So he hasn't been in like anything that we would have seen since 2016. God damn. But Lin Manuel Miranda, on the other hand, like I'm no, going to look up his Mary IMDb Poppins and Returns. see how far back we could go with him. Like how far back he's worked on stuff. I mean, the biggest thing that I remember him like actually like being a per, you know, playing an actual role in and not you know like writing the music and stuff was definitely in the Heights because he plays like the um, 
Pidagua man. I think that's his name. Um, and then also uh, Mary Poppins Returns when he played Jack. Yep. And he was really good in that movie, and I hate that that movie didn't do better. Yeah, so he so did I a voice in, in Vivo, that animated movie. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> uh, it's it's one on Netflix. Not a bad movie. Oh, okay. The the music's pretty freaking killer. Um, right. yeah, Vivo, then In the Heights, Hamilton. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, Mary Poppins Returns. So yeah, and that th- that's pretty recent. Like even freaking Mary Poppins Returns, like that was back in. 2018 so yeah he's a lot more recent and he's like a huge name in the music industry right now oh yeah or at least the music for a while yeah so it's like like personally for a musical like this is a bigger lin-manuel is a bigger name than john linguizamo when it comes to a musical. So, Disney screwed up. (laughs) (laughs) Not saying John Leguizamo did a bad job, because I think he did a a great job, and he's actually my number three as well. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, my number one, I think, freaking duh, is Maribel. Yeah, she was so good. Yeah, Stephanie Beatrice did an amazing job. And it's so weird to think that, that that she voiced and did the singing for Mirabelle. Because, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because, like, have you ever watched um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No. So she plays this character, uh, Rosa. And she <laughs> is, like, the most monotone character of that entire show. Like, she talks with, like, a super deep voice and, like, very monotone, doesn't put any inflection in her voice or anything. So, it's it's so interesting to see her in, like, in, 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 in Kanto, for one, where she's, like, having to put in, like, a bunch of, like, inflection in her voice and, like, being hyper and, um... Yeah, just putting, like, a bunch of enthusiasm behind her voice and even singing. Like, this blew my mind. Like, I was like, okay, they probably just did, a, like, a Mulan thing and got someone to sing for her. No, she freaking did the singing. I'm like, it's so weird. It is so freaking weird. <laughs> but, yeah, she did an amazing job. Just blew me away. Uh, my number two is I'm actually going to give to Louisa. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, there was like a big moment where she was being like interrogated by by Mirabelle. That was like, I was almost a little concerned that they got a man of voice, <laughs> voicer, because she's just like no, and I'm like okay, <laughs> mild uh, roid rage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I I I thought she did an amazing job with with everything. Like pulled the um, 
even though I thought the crying was a bit excessive, she did like was an amazing singer. Like she did a great job on the song, um, and just played the the character really well. Yeah, she she really did. Like she was the like she like for me like top character. Like she was great, other than Maribel. So yeah, she's like a really close number two, and then my number three is, is Bruno. <laughs> Alright, I like it. Um overall, what what are you putting everyone else's score? I at? feel everyone else did an amazing job. Um I really don't have any problems with any of the other um people. Even the um I'm assuming it's a kid voice actor that uh did the voice of Antonio. I think he did a great job as well. His I had mild issues with, and it's just like child performer issues. Well, I, I thought I thought he did a really good job, especially that scene where um, <clears throat> Maribel and Antonio are under the bed and they have that like moment together. I feel for being a little kid. I don't know if that really is a little kid. Um, I feel that uh, they got a really good. They did a really good job getting the emotional. Um, that emotional scene. Um, I'm butchering this so badly. Oh my god. F you COVID. You're messing with my brain. <laughs> <laughs> they implemented the emotions very well in that scene. And I don't know if that made sense, but I'm going with it. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I'm at maybe an 87 overall with acting. Um, I think some of the um, the extras I had issues with, and then yeah. Antonio was one I had some issues with his performance, and it was just like the emotional scene, like under the bed, was really good, but it was when he like suddenly appeared in Bruno's space and was talking about like the basically saying the rats told me everything. Like, for some reason, like, I, I just didn't, like, feel his performance as strongly in that. All right. So I, I don't know what the what the issue was there, but it was just, like, brought it down a little bit. And then, yeah, and then everyone else, I think, was just pr- pretty, pretty average. It wasn't, like, blowing me away by any means. But my the top three that I chose were, like, amazing. That's how I feel about my top three as well. Yeah, so I think 87 is is being pretty fair. <laughs> now you're going to hate me because I'm going to go a 98. I'm just kidding. I'm going to 90. I was going to say, holy shit. <laughs> we haven't differed like that in a while. <laughs> no, I, I, no. All right. Well, that averages us out to an 88.5. All right, moving on over to character development. I think we both agree we're going to be talking about Mirabelle. Oh, I thought we were doing Bruno. I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, I feel like if this one's a, a tough because I feel like you could do the Madrigals as a whole. That's fair. Um, or even but... Abuela. Yeah, but because I'd much like I feel like Maribel. Yeah, I feel like Mirabelle was pretty 
consistent, like, character-wise throughout. Like, she always had, like, this hope that things could get better with her family. She was trying to save the magic. Like, she was trying to do her part to save the family, when even when her family was, like, kind of casting a shadow upon her. You know what was the funniest shit that I saw in a TikTok? When, the song when she points out, like, how she doesn't have a power... Someone pointed out, bullshit, she doesn't have power. She's able to slow down time <laughs> when uh, they're taking the picture. How is no one noticing this? <laughs> Fair enough. I'm like, you know kind what? Kind of the same Good situation point. we had with uh, Jasmine in the, the Aladdin remake. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, anyway. But... I mean, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Um, I I loved watching her character development going from how, I mean, it isn't showcased until, like, I actually love that they didn't showcase right at the beginning that she didn't get a power. Literally, as she's reaching for the doorknob, it appears, the title appears, and it's not until you're literally through the first song that you find out that she did not get a gift. Um and just watching her throughout this whole movie, realizing that, hey, you know, even though I didn't get a gift, I can still, um, you know, attribute to this family, um, even though it seems like I get cast aside sometimes, I still love this family, um, and just, you know, I loved watching her grow throughout this movie, it was, it, it was so, so good. Yeah, it was, it was kind of hard watching her trying to put forth this effort to be a part of the family when the family didn't really seem to share or didn't seem to put forth any like efforts towards her. Like her mom did like try to give her like just trying to relate to, to her, but she was still doing her own thing. And the only like, cousin I feel that, like, not even her, like, sisters reached out. It was more so even her cousin. It was more so her cousin Antonio when he says, I wish that you had a door. Yeah. Like, that was... That was a sweet moment. That was a really sweet moment. And it was, like, you you understand that, that too, because they've been sharing a room for the past however long Antonio's been in that room. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know when they're... Uh, they stop sleeping or how how long the kid sleeps in their mom's room and then has moved into the nursery i don't know yeah like if they do that <laughs> yeah I, but, I don't know the whole story with the madrigals yeah but like she's putting like like i said she's putting forth all this effort and getting very little love in return and then she she goes forth to sit like she sets out on this mission to discover what's going on with the magic because her family is more or less ignoring the problem. And so seeing her her struggle with that was like really great. But and this is kind of why I would even consider doing the Madrigals as a whole um, or even Abuela. But it's just, you kind of see her, like, Mirabelle's, like, highs and lows when it comes to, like, 
discovering the the issues with the magic and and everything and it's like really really nice to to see that like i i don't feel like you see too often characters struggle with like an internal battle or not even not internal like i feel like you oh jeez freaking real you okay? real hard discussion discussing this <laughs> I don't feel like you see like you see very often characters dealing with outer struggles too much when it comes to like outside relationships. So I I I consider part of Mirabelle's development to be her relationship with her family. And how it goes from being, like, kind of good to, like, completely awful. to And then just from that and then building to greatness. When they figure out, like, the whole magic situation and discovering that, like, hey, we don't need this magic because we're family. And honestly, I feel it was never really bad with any of the others. It was really with... um um abuela that there was really there there was bad blood towards the end yeah but i feel like abuela was kind of like like i said um if you consider the who they are in the roles of a toxic household or a toxic family she is the abuser so she is the one that's heading up all of these people's all of the other family members' negative feelings towards Mirabelle. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you got a point there. I forgot about that. Like, I feel like there's a lot of, um, like, maybe side comments from Abuela. Or just, like, just the way that Abuela seems to exclude Mirabelle. Yeah. Like, I think she's like, oh... Like, she tries to include her, like, oh, could you help with this? Could you help with that? And then once Mirabelle makes a mistake with that, she's just like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll get someone else to do it. And so I I feel like the family, like, how could the family not pick up on that? Uh, Okay, yeah, that's a good point. But it's like, that's the kind of, like, situation that I was, like, reading into. And I, I felt that that was, like, really impactful yeah 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 i would agree with that yeah so i i really dug her development and the her um the relationship seeing how that evolved throughout this movie and seeing like the little ways that it it began to evolve Mm -hmm. like starting out with uh with Louisa and seeing basically getting that confession from Louisa and understanding what pressures she's under as the strong member of the family and then basically giving Louisa permission to like not be strong yeah and just like it was nice seeing that, like that relief that Louisa had, and then the the re- then that relationship kind of got 
better in a way. <laughs> and then like having to do the same thing with, with Isabel and having to deal with like this perfect sister and understand, like kind of learning her struggles and getting that confession out of her. And like, it was just like all of that going along and like how bad her relationship with her family got. Like I, I, I just, I loved watching that just because they, it was also just because they built it up so nice and strong. And yes. I think one, that one song at the, the end was, was really powerful and just kind of like hit the development, like right on the nose talking about like, Oh, we just need a new foundation. So it's just like, yes, that's exactly what you need. And then building off of that and becoming like the family that they like needed. Yeah. yeah I so I, I love that. And I'm having a real hard time docking for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, for me, personally, character development, I would give a 93. I will actually agree with you on that. That's a really solid score for for character development. Hell yeah. Sweet. Alright, next up we got effects, which for this movie is the animation. Beautiful. It really was. It was was gorgeous. (laughs) They Um, did such an amazing job. Like, it kind of had um, Coco vibes, and I know yeah, Co- I know Coco was Pixar. I d- dude, <laughs> but I'm not even gonna argue you on that one because I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, they did just they did such a good job. Like this didn't feel like the classic Disney. It didn't have like a classic Disney look to it. Like yeah. they had more caricature. Char- like figures like these characters didn't feel like the um the base models for like tangled or frozen like this felt like a very different animation style and so like i said feels a little bit more like pixar than than disney in yeah. like the best possible way absolutely yeah their visuals were just incredible and they were able to hit everything on the head. Like they hit the intense, just gut punching moments super well with like all the, like the dark imagery that we, we see and the things that we're led to um, believe and understand. And like, yeah. And then just the Encanto in, in general looked beautiful. Dude, the way the doors lit up, oh my god. So beautiful. Yeah. And dude, that is a hard freaking effect to 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 do. I, like to I get bet. it like, to get it right. Like I tried I worked on it for like half an hour. Like the episode art, like if you guys can see it, like go on our like Facebook or Instagram or whatever, like it was a chore. To get it's the beautiful. door to light up the way that it did. <laughs> it's so beautiful, guys. Caleb deserves a freaking award for what he was able to pull off. 
Yeah, you're damn right. It looked freaking awesome. <laughs> I will admit, though, I appreciate you making me look a lot skinnier in our door. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I did the... like That one was, like, was kind of weird for me to do. Why? Because I I had to try and find, like, a, a character builder. Oh, okay. And I'm like, because I was trying to find, like, a Disney character finder and then do the drawings by hand, but yeah, I, it was, it was, it was hard. Like that was honestly the best I could do. I'm just like, whatever, I'll just throw glasses on you and a different hairstyle and call it good. <laughs> Dude, you did a great job. It looks amazing. Yeah. I think I guess it looks like similar that... enough where you could like tell it's us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no. And I agree. I guess it's a good thing that one of us always wears glasses. So it's easy to distinguish us. Yeah, I only need them for night driving. <laughs> yeah, whereas I need them 24-7, except for when I'm sleeping. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm effed. Oh. But, yeah, like, animation-wise, like, everything looked really good. Dude, especially, I like... freaking loved Camillo's, tran- Cam- Camillo's uh, transitions. For especially in We Don't Talk About Bruno. How he kept transitioning to Bruno back to him. Animation in that was spectacular. It looked so good. Like, his shape-shifting was interesting because it always seemed to have, like, a pop to it. Yeah. Like, unless you've seen it, like, I that's the best way that I can think to describe it. It always felt like it had, like, a pop, but in like a really interesting way like whenever he would like shrink down it would like snap to place and whenever he would change it would like again snap and then like a very very interesting take on on the um the transformation the I'll, I'll say this the one thing i didn't like about his transformation is when he, uh Dolores was whispering the secret about Bruno's vision yeah. And his face kind of went like crazy. Like I'm like, oh, "Okay, so you can like morph your face?" Like cuz it, it it was kind of and I hate to say this or even bring this movie up, but remember the the kid who can make like funny faces or morph his face from oh, We Can Be you Heroes? Dare you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> That's the that's the kind of vibe I got. I'm just like he's a shapeshifter. He's not like polymorphic. I think that's the right word. I mean, I, I I don't know the way that I look at it. Maybe as he was changing, I don't know, like the face of another person got stuck onto his face or something. I don't know. I'm trying to make it sound better than him comparing it to We Can Be Heroes because that movie's a piece of shit. And it I is. Don't it like is. someone I'm relating not... Encanto to that. I know. I I don't. I didn't feel good about it, but it had to happen. So, yeah, I didn't. I like. I don't know what else to compare it to. All right. Okay. Like that's right. like that's the the vibe I got. I'm like, okay, if he is, if his face would have just morphed into someone else's face, or if he just like kept switching to someone else's face, like that would have made sense. But his face kind of completely going to like jelly, just was odd. Odd choices, but... Okay. 
I mean, not one I'm going to dock super hard for. I love that super hard. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I wish we would have gotten to see more rooms. Yeah, I would have loved to seen a uh, Peppa's room. Yeah, like or like who's we got to see Antonio's room, which was awesome. Yeah. It was just like a big massive tree. And then Isabella's room we got to see. And then we got to see like the the nursery that that Mirabelle was staying in. We Did technically we... got to see Julieta's room cuz it was basically just a kitchen. Was or that was her that... room? I thought that or was wait, just no, the actually... kitchen. Yeah, I think that was just the kitchen. <laughs> Don't listen what? to me. I'm like that's kind of messed up. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay, I get it, Mom. I'm just a slave of cooking food now. Okay. Yeah, but that's, like, one thing I wish that we would have gotten to see. And I think, like we said, too, like, I really appreciated not going too far outside of the house. um, And just kind of keeping the story. Like, it still felt, like, very grand in scale. Oh, yeah. But also just very tight like it was all in one place like it wasn't some like grand adventure but it was just all kind of in the house which i i love that like i think that some movies might get distracted by being like oh we need to make this like a massive scaled movie but i i think they did really good at sticking within the house and whenever they went into town Yes, but everything looked beautiful. So, shit, I might be in the nineties with this one too. I'm gonna go a solid ninety-five for me. Ooh, I'm. I think I'm gonna go down to a ninety-three. Okay. Just because of the issues that I like, I brought up. No, no, it's understandable. All right, next up we got music, which I am going to have a very unpopular opinion here. I think he's going to. Okay, this is a personal opinion, okay? My score, I'm just going to come out right, right now and say it. My score for this is is 10. Oh, okay, phew. That being said, personally, <laughs> I did not care for this, for the music in this movie. I do not. Okay, I I. <laughs> it looks like I just stabbed Rose in the heart. He did. Oh my god. I like. There were definitely some catchy tunes, but none of them were ones that I like care to listen to over and over again do you know how how many times we don't talk about bruno has been on repeat on my spotify shuffle yeah dude brielle so like that's been the same with brielle like she plays we don't talk about bruno and she plays the uh luisa's song yeah you're what yeah brielle's got good taste yeah and like i i know that they're good songs i just don't like them (laughs) 
like they're just, uh, they're dude, just uh, not apparently, like I mean, what I listen. They're not like what I choose to listen to. And the reason I'm giving the music a ten, regardless of my feelings towards the soundtrack, is because they had multiple songs that w- can get stuck in your head. Yeah. And that's like that's exactly what I'm looking for in music, and all the music fit really well with the movie. It's just I, I just didn't care for it, and it's because I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Lin Manuel's Miranda's style of music okay. when he does musicals. I'm like it felt very rappy at times, and I'm yeah. I I cannot stand rap. And it's because I don't understand it, and I'm, like, super hard of hearing. <laughs> or at least it feels that way. Like, I can read along with rap. Okay. But if I'm just, like, listening to it, I do not... I, If you were to play, like, one verse of someone rapping at a normal rapping speed, not doing it, like, super slow, and you're just like, all right, here, just this normal speed rapping, I could not tell you a single word that that they said so even like eminem like yeah eminem's one i i cannot listen to their music without like subtitles <laughs> no no see i i can understand that i understand like it is so like someone at free, at work was playing this rap song and they're like dude listen to these to these um what is what's the term he used Oh, bars. He's like, dude, you gotta listen to these bars. You gotta listen to these bars. And so he played it for me, and I'm sitting there, like, working, and I'm like, he's like, dude, you freaking hear that? You freaking hear that? And I'm like, no. (laughs) And he's like, alright, come back here. Come over here. And, like, listen to it. Like, truly listen to it, man. And so I, like, sat with my head in front of the freaking speaker, and he played (laughs) it again. And he's like, dude, freaking bars, right? And I'm like, I don't know what that means, and I don't know what he said. <laughs> and he then he's like, seems to be speaking words of some kind. Yeah. And so he, he like seriously grabbed his phone, looked up the lyrics, and like put them in front of me, and then like played the song, and I was like. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, this is pretty good. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I funny. guess. <laughs> Third time's a charm, I guess. Yeah, I know. But no, oh, like God, I had to be shit. reading it. That's funny. Because he tried he tried playing it back. Yeah. Twice. Like once while I was working and kind of like somewhat distracted t- and then twice while I was like right up next to the speaker. <laughs> And then, like, the fourth time, he's just like, just read it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then I was able to, like, catch some of the stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> he's like, you oh, freaking ruined it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is amazing. Yeah. Dude, but that's, like, the same thing with, like, uh, with TikToks DJ will send to me. <laughs> if someone's <laughs> rapping and they don't, and it doesn't have subtitles, like, I I I have no idea what they said like at all. Luckily, he's he, more often than not he will send me ones with subtitles. So okay, all right, that, I appreciate that DJ. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So personally, if I were to give this a personal score, 
and you're gonna hate me, I, I would I give this a seven. Oh, I'm out. Yep. But I fully understand what this soundtrack is and how amazing it is. Okay. For this well, movie, that. what they were trying to pull off, and it has a couple catchy songs in it, which you can't ask for anything more than that. Yeah. Considering how popular and how many, like, did you hear, like, how popular We Don't Talk About Bruno is? No. It's been downloaded slash listened to more times than Let It Go. Holy shit. Yeah, it's Disney's top earning song since the 90s. Holy balls. Yeah. So, I'm going to be very surprised if this doesn't win for Best Original Song at the Oscars. Uh, yeah. Because it, I mean, one, it deserves to win, and two, like, yeah, just look at the, listen to those numbers. That's just insane. I didn't think a song could beat Let It Go, but we don't talk about Bruno did. Yeah, dude, if they, if that doesn't even get, like, a nomination at the Oscars, like, the Oscars are just, like, completely dead to me. Dude, same here. If if not if not one song from Encanto gets nominated, I, yeah, the Oscars are just dead to me. Yeah, that's F. well. If it's if it's we don't listen or we don't talk about Bruno, like that will like be the deciding factor because I feel like they could also do Luisa's song because that one's pretty catchy. But yeah, I would agree with that. I feel but also yeah. even the last song they could do. I think that one's really good as well. Yeah, that one was really good. Like I, it was like all in Spanish, which I appreciated. But I love that they put up um, Spanish subtitles. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't or, talking not Spanish, about that one. English subtitles, so we can like understand what they were saying in English. Like I freaking love that. Oh, uh, I I agree with that one too. Sorry, I was talking about the one where they're rebuilding the house. Oh. Yeah, that's. That was a good one too. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they had a lot forgot, of good songs. Like they, had I forgot some there was good a song after, after personally, that one. I did not care for them. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. So, anyone who want, who wants to like come at us and try and say like, oh, you can't completely get rid of bias, freaking bet. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I did not like this soundtrack as much as most people do, and I still gave it a ten. Because it freaking deserves it. That's why I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Next up we got costumes. Which honestly I feel we can do for this one. Yeah. Because like everyone's costumes were like amazing. They were. Dude I love that Felix matched with his wife Peppa. With the them both wearing yellow, that was so sweet. Yeah, that was like that was awesome. But I I loved how like just those small little details that you could see in like everyone's outfit. Do you see like how when Mirabelle first puts on her like skirt and then she throws that a uh, bag over her, and you can see that her name is like stitched throughout the bag. The, yeah, and then like. Louisa, like around her skirt, like the, the kind of like the lower portion of her skirt, it's all weights. Yeah. And then Isabel has like f just flowers going down her skirt. Um, 
I think someone was saying Dolores, she kind of had like sound waves on her dress. I know um, Pepe, 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 is it Peppa? I think it's Peppa, right? Yeah. Um, Her earrings are uh, sundials. That's cool. And then she just had like a bunch of like sun and like different weather patterns on her dress. Yeah. And then uh, Camillo, he has chameleons on his shirt. That is so cool. Oh, my God. The attention to detail. Yeah. Like, just... Ah, freaking love it. (laughs) Just, like, just the little Easter eggs like that, like, are so good. That is... Ah. And then I'm sure Antonio had, like, animals and shit on his clothes. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he did. But it's just, like, just those those little details are just, like, so effective they in are. an animated movie. Like, oh, dude, these that... are... These are characters with with a very distinct um, silhouette. Yes. I think of the word, but... <laughs> yeah, like... Like, Mirabelle like, has a very distinct silhouette. Like... Vi- most of the Madrigals have a very, like, distinct silhouette. Like, I think Dolores has one. Luisa. Mirabelle, for sure. Um, I'd, I'd even give one to, like, Abuela. Maybe, even like, Felix and, and uh, Peppa. They have, like, them together have a very distinct silhouette. I think the ones that are a little bit more generic are, like, Maybe Bruno and uh, Julieta and Augustine. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, theirs is theirs is a bit more on that general side, but I think everyone else like freaking look amazing, and just like the the attention to detail on all of their dresses or their shirts or whatever, like. <sighs> The freaking design team killed it. Yeah, they they really did. It was oh, amazing. Yeah, I think personally, and it's just because of the three like generic ones. I'm at an, a nine. <laughs> They're gonna hate me. I'm gonna go with ten. All right, so. If we do that, we're going to have to round down. So that'll bring us to a nine. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Um, and so last, we got our own personal grade for this. So where are you sitting at? Um, overall, I kick myself for sleeping on this movie. Um, this would have absolutely made... My top five of last year probably would have kicked Sing Two out of out of my top five and took its place, maybe even higher. Um, this is an incredible movie. The songs are incredible. They're toe tapping. They're catchy. I can't stop listening to this goddamn soundtrack. Uh, characters are incredible. Um, just I I hardly have anything bad to say about this movie. It is so good. So. 
I'm gonna go. I'm going to 96. Oh shit! My bad. <laughs> my bad. Sorry about that, Caleb. No, you're good. Oof. Yeah, this movie was so good, and what I love about movies like this is the deep dive that you can go into with the characters or the the overall story the the character development like i feel like i could talk for days about like each of the individual characters themselves so i loved all that i love the the family dynamic and the 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 lesson of healing and acceptance and like it, it, like this movie. I, I feel like this movie genuinely brought a tear to my eye. Like especially when you when you go back and see and begin to understand exactly what Abuela has been through. Like that was just heartbreaking. But like again, such good storytelling and Disney's just killing it. Like these. These Latin-based stories are just incredible. Like it's it's insane how well they're 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 pulling these off. Like absolutely insane. So me personally, I think I'm gonna be at like a ninety. I'm gonna go to a ninety-two. Which. That brings our personal score to a 94. And since that is the last category, the final Albro's letter grade for Encanto has come to a... A minus. Hell yeah. Super well-deserved. Absolutely. Super freaking well-deserved. Oh, so it is sitting at a 92.81%. Wow. So let's see. Oh, damn. This is actually, like, our, out of the A-minus movies, this is, actually, just because of how high it is, I'm going to pull up our A-movies, too. Oh, my goodness. Dude, this movie cracked our top ten. Yes. Oh, that makes me so happy. Hell yeah! All right, so this is and this is a minus movies and a movies that I'm going like up. Up. All right, so like I said, Encanto is sitting at a ninety-two point eight one percent, which puts it below. Avengers Infinity War, which is at a 92.93, puts it below Room, which is at a 93.06, and then puts it below War of the Planet of the Apes, which is at a 93.12. Moving to the A movies... This one or puts it below Avengers Endgame, which is at a 94.06. And The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is at a 94.62. Wow. 
So that is everything that it is below. And the only reason I included the A movies were because there are only like three movies above in Canto. <laughs> but this puts it above. Ooh, we're going to catch some shit. This puts it above Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. You know what? Is... I'm not mad about that. Y- yeah, right. <laughs> I know. I love I know into Vic's the Spider Verse. Upset about it. <laughs> I know he is, but I don't know. I yeah, love so into the Spider Verse, but I love Encanto. Yeah. So into the Spider Verse is sitting at a ninety-two point five nine compared to Encanto's eight or ninety-two point eight one. So it's point three percent lower. Wow. Um, it is also above Pulp Fiction, which is at a 92.43. It is above Joker, which is at a 92.37. And it is above A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is at a 92.31. And then finally, it is above The Eternals, which is at a 92.25. All right. Yeah. So compared compared to uh, Coco, the difference between Encanto and Coco is two point four, or wait, one point four percent. Okay. Like that is the that's the difference. It's it's a little bit lower, but not by much. Okay. Nice. But yeah, that's that's wild. That wow. Like that that got way higher than I was expecting it to. Same here, but I'm so happy about that. Yeah. Like there there's not a single one that I disagree with. Same here. Like I think there's some that you can make like the argument and I'm sure Vic will find a way to make the argument about into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I'm sure. But <laughs> <laughs> but Encanto was just oh, incredible. It was. Yep. Uh so yeah. That concludes this week's breakdown. Uh if you liked this episode, Want to check out more of our stuff? Be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are basically everywhere. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Spotify, and more. Uh, You can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube if you so choose. Um, You can also follow us on social media. Hit us up with episode ideas. Answer our question of the week when we post them. Did you post in no, Canton? You send, no, you didn't send me it. And I forgot Shit. to ask you for it. <laughs> We're both at fault. Yep. Or if you want to join us for an episode, we would love to have anyone on. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search at the All Bros. Um, or you can email us at the All Bros channel at gmail.com. Or. If you want links to everything that we do, you can go to our website, which is tinyurl.com forward slash the allbros. You can find a link to that in the episode description. 
And there, you could, like I said, you can find links to everything that we do, including our merch store, which is currently on TeePublic. I'm still working on switching it up, <laughs> but it is taking a long-ass time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so be sure... Sure to hit us up if you if you want. We would love to hear from anyone, and be sure to tune in next week where we'll where we will be breaking down the fifth installment of Scream. Scream. <laughs> kind of bit myself in the ass there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll be breaking down that movie next week. And uh, I'll, I will attempt to get a special guest on for, for that one. Okay. Um, but until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we will catch you guys next week. Deuces. So long. At least COVID hasn't affected Herbert that bad. That's true. <laughs> Nothing affects Herbert. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs>